0: This is Josh Sumby, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Egg Services in Drayton, North Dakota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Egg Services, providing solutions for your success.
1: Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Kuhn, and we'll have updates from Sierra Doctor and Whitney Pittman. Snow is being seen this morning in portions of Colorado, Wyoming, Nebraska, and South Dakota, The system may reach northeastern South Dakota, southeastern North Dakota, and west-central Minnesota by tomorrow morning. However, the heaviest snows will be in southern South Dakota and southwest Minnesota. Some of these areas may receive more than a foot of snow. Over the next two days, that system
2: will be producing Rain, freezing rain, sleet, and snow. The Biden administration wrapping up 2022 by redefining the waters of the United States rule. North Dakota Senator Kevin Kramer said the administration has gone too far. Administrator Regan and, and Assistant Administrator Fox visited North Dakota. I re- reiterated, as many others did, the empowerment of EPA and Army Corps bureaucrats by giving them federal authority over non-navigable ponds, ditches, and puddles is a recipe for disaster. So our state is and, and will be the, at the epicenter of this debate. North Dakota Senator John Hoven responded to Friday's announcements by saying the new rule violates private property rights and will increase costs for American consumers. South Dakota Senator John Thune said he will also ask the White House to abandon this change or he will push the Senate to overturn the new WOTUS definition. Meanwhile,
1: the U.S. Senate is reviewing the scope of the clean water rule. An Idaho couple is suing over WOTUS and the federal government's permitting authority. A decision is expected from the high court by spring.
2: Markets are closed today. Trading activity will not resume until 8.30 tomorrow morning. South American weather expected to be the primary market feature at the open tomorrow. With a large amount of cash grain expected to move now that we're in the new year, analysts are saying cash basis levels could see a big change.
1: Most ag commodities saw year-over-year increases. Corn and soybeans rose more than 14% in 2022. Chicago wheat futures gained 3%. Kansas City wheat up 11%. Minneapolis wheat declined 4.4% in value. Feeder cattle futures increased 10%. Lean hogs were up nearly 8%. Crude oil up nearly 7%. The Dow was down 8% and the S&P declined nearly
2: 19%. Northland Community Technical College Farm Business Management Instructor Betsy Jensen says farmers need to tally how much it costs to store grain and keep an updated timeline. Oh boy, is there grain in bins.
3: Yes, there is. And it's fine. I will never argue with somebody if they want to store grain. That is just fine. That is a personal decision what I want them to be aware of is the expense of that decision. How much is it costing them? Well, I'm waiting for a 50 cent rally. That's fine. But if you're not planning to move those beans until June, it might cost you 50 cents in storage. And now you're not really coming out ahead. So if you are waiting for a rally to sell your crop, you have to make sure that that rally is enough to justify you storing that crop. That requires some calculation.
2: Jensen says interest expenses have changed in the past two years, and they need to be factored into grain storage.
3: Look at your interest expense in 2021 and look at what it's been in 2022. We haven't even had a full year of these high interest rates. Interest rates change how we should be managing our cash, how we should be doing our prepays, when we should be marketing our grain. I really encourage farmers to figure out how much it's costing them to store that grain. How much is it costing them to? prepay some of those expenses, make sure they're getting more bang for their buck. We haven't operated in these seven and a half, eight percent 8% interest rates for quite a while. We need kind of a brush-up on our farm management skills when we have high interest rates. This really is something new for 2023.
1: There's good news from Brazil for the U.S. ethanol industry. Brazil is once again suspending its 20% ethanol import tariff that was scheduled to expire on January 1. Renewable Fuels Association is stating they are pleasantly surprised by the announcement and are happy with the extra time for negotiations to find a permanent solution.
2: Brazil's new ag minister wants to strengthen that country's statistics agency known as CONAB. Carlos Faro told Reuters News Service he wants CONAB to begin releasing reports on crop inventories, weather forecasts and export data. That would be similar to what USDA does Uh, Favaro also wants the Brazilian government to resume stockpiling commodities like corn, rice, and food for food security.
1: USDA's weekly export sales report for the week ending December 22nd shows beef export sales of 9,500 metric tons. That's 19% less than the previous week, 35% less than the four-week
2: average. This is the Red River Farm Network. Monday, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. North Dakota's legislative session begins tomorrow. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more.
4: North Dakota Ag Commissioner Doug Goring says heading into the next legislative session, supply chain issues are still a big problem.
0: I think the other area that we're going to be focused on going forward is supply chain issues. We know that inflation is really going to be biting into every food dollar out there, but it's going to also be affecting the production costs of our uh, egg industries. So these are things we're continuing to work on at the national level to try and help, and we'll see where that goes. Animal health issues or animal diseases are another thing that we'll continue to work on. We did have some cases in 2022 with avian influenza where – we had 17 counties and 24 different sites that were impacted and affected.
4: Expansion egg imports and exports will be scrutinized as well.
0: The areas that I, I, I also know that we'll be supporting and looking at will be again in trade and marketing. We're blessed in this country because we have an abundance of resources, abundance of food and production. but. Uh, the rest of the world, which is about 95% of the population globally that lives outside of the United States, uh, there's needs, there's opportunities, and we want to work with companies to make sure that uh, they can hopefully establish a footprint
4: uh, in,
0: in some other markets across the world.
4: Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network.
1: Export and expansion will be the focus of a group traveling to Thailand. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more.
4: A group of farmers, nutritionists, researchers, and soybean marketers will travel to Thailand this month to highlight advantages of using northern-grown soybeans for feeding livestock and use in products to Thai markets. Sheldon, North Dakota farmer Dan Speakermeyer will be among the group from Northern Soy Marketing traveling abroad.
5: We're bringing along with us soybean specialists Dr. Robert Swick is the professor of poultry and nutrition, and Seth Nave is a soybean agronomist at the University of Minnesota. And Patrick O'Leary is the farmer from Benson, Minnesota, that will be attending with us, along with some NSM staff. And uh, Spire Research and Consulting is the ones that are kind of organizing these visits for us, along with USEC. Uh, USEC is the United States Soybean Export Council.
4: Speaker Meyer says beans grown in the northern states have a greater concentration of amino acids that can be beneficial to livestock and other products containing soy.
5: Our northern grown soybeans are usually a little less crude protein, but uh, they have an inverse relationship with amino acids, and we're higher in amino acids. We're trying to put our focus on that, saying that our our nutritional bundle is just as good as the southern grown soybeans that have typically a higher crude protein content. Thailand is our second largest importer of U.S. soy. They also um, produce a lot of poultry, so they their potential to use even more soy is really there. So we're trying to look at these markets and, and keep growing them and maintaining the ones that we do have.
4: Reporting for the Red River Farm Network, I'm Whitney Pittman.
1: The National Potato Expo will be held this week just outside of Denver, Minnesota native Jason Morris is a culinary consultant and chef who's now based in Colorado. Morris will be part of a cook-off with celebrity chefs putting potatoes at the center of the plate.
2: Look at this expo as a way to come out and sharpen your saw, to get reinvigorated, to find some amazing ways to show your consumers, maybe fun ways how to market the potato that you grow and produce and sell. Uh, And we will help you in any way we can, you know, as a resource to you know, get you excited and and help you find new ways to raise the bar and get your potatoes out to more consumers.
1: The Red River Farm Network will provide broadcast coverage from Potato Expo, that exclusive coverage sponsored by the National Potato Council, Bayer Crop Science, Gowan USA,
2: AMVAC, Ag Country Farm Credit Services and Syngenta. USDA's weekly export sales report for the week ending December 22nd were in line with trade estimates. Net corn export sales totaling 951,000 metric tons, 49% more than the previous week, 32% more than the four-week average. Net soybean sales at 706,000 tons are 19% less than the previous week, 55% less than the four-week average. And net wheat sales at 511,000 tons, 50 50- 3% more than the previous week, 78% more than the four-week average. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network.
1: Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. The wet, cold spring tops the Red River Farm Network list of the top 10 ag stories of the past year. For much of the northern plains, it was one of the wettest springs on record. In early June, World Weather Incorporated Senior Ag Meteorologist Drew Lerner spoke about the very unusual conditions.
0: Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, You know, I've been doing this for a long time, and uh, we're always seeing something new and different taking place, and uh, yeah it 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 has been a very cool spring i've been rather surprised actually at some of the the uh, persistence of the coolness around we expected april to be pretty cool because of that stratospheric warming event that took place uh, but may just uh, we couldn't we couldn't get rid of it it just kept hanging on and hanging on
1: conditions were far from perfect for seeding a crop Chris Hong, who farms at Buxton, North Dakota, said the region really went from mud to dust. Oh, it's been it's been miserable. Uh, you know, you're you get two three inches of rain and then uh, two three days later you got dirt blowing. I mean, every the ground has just been pounded with rain this spring. It's so fine and uh, it just it doesn't take much for stuff to blow. Despite the challenges from Mother Nature, the markets provided an incentive to keep planting seed. Uh, seed still going in the ground into late june again the late spring ranked as the top story of the year by the red river farm network we'll be counting down the top 10 ag
2: stories of the year throughout this upcoming week. Well, considering past performance of management practices is important for your bottom line, AFS marketing manager for Case IH, Kendall Quandl, says data collection is key.
4: The, the biggest challenge a farmer has is trying to understand the decisions they made throughout the season that they didn't get to see the immediate results from. Going back and understanding, did it make me money? did it just protect my baseline or was that not an option that worked on my operation this year so the only way we can do that is through that data and making a decision based on every pass across the field is the best way to do that
2: and Quandall says new technology can help
4: so one thing that we've been focused on a lot lately is our AFS Connect product AFS Connect is our data management platform so we can really load information from Case IH equipment and a lot of other industry uh, manufacturers, precision partners as well, so we can bring in a lot of different data so a customer can get from first pass on the, the field to last pass with a combine or fall tillage and really bring all that information into one place to start to make more informed decisions on their operation.
1: Once again, markets are closed. Today, we'll resume trading activity at 8.30 tomorrow morning. As we check in on the farm calendar, the uh, uh, Agriculture Commissioner's Noxious Weed Forum will be held tomorrow morning starting at 9 a.m. That's going on in Bismarck, North Dakota, continuing through the day. Also this week, it's the Lake Region Extension Roundup in Devil's Lake. That will be held Wednesday and Thursday Uh, Again, a wide variety of speakers, both days starting with breakfast at 8 o'clock. Always a great program. Have yourself a great day. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.